Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio, so they're a two-hour live show that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world, what's happening in media, breaking through the propaganda, breaking, breaking through the narratives, and getting you the facts. Interestingly enough, uh, this this entire show, we wouldn't do it because it would be boring as hell, but this entire show could just be one big, uh, see, we told you so. And uh, the reason why I say that is I don't know what the deal is. I brought it up uh, yesterday on the prep call that I was having with Alan, but I am feeling a paradigm shift. And it's a very strange situation where uh, basically like the last several years of stuff that we've talked about on this program, obviously a lot of people um, on the right have discussed amongst one another. They're all just becoming irrefutable is probably the best way I could say it. Like we all knew stuff was true, but like the January 6th footage, for example, got released this week. Um, You know, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, released all of the recordings. Obviously, there's a lot of people sharing different aspects of it, but to be fair, and this isn't a criticism and this isn't to be pessimistic, it's not telling us anything we didn't already know. That's very true. And... I thought I would take a second uh, in in this situation because I feel like there's going to be a lot more of these situations. For example, and then I'll get back to kind of the point I was going to make. Trump is facing, obviously, a lot of legal challenges. One of the biggest legal challenges that he is facing is the idea of uh, the, the, the quote-unquote criminality of him lying to people by claiming that the election was stolen even though he knows it wasn't. Well... Interestingly, what's the best defense that you could have in a court if somebody is claiming that you knew that something didn't happen, yet you, you know, made plans and all this other nonsense to try to uh, get around it? What's your best defense to prove uh, that you are not liable in that kind of situation where you're basically being charged with lying to a bunch of people and starting a massive conspiracy to defraud the American people of an election? What do you think the best defense of that would be, Alan? Uh, marching on Washington with a full uh, brigade combat team and associated uh, strike craft from a carrier. Sorry, I meant a, um, uh, legal defense. Blistering coup to seize power for yourself and then jail all of your critics. I I, I meant I, I meant legal defense. I'm sorry. I should have been more specific. I, I mean, once once you engineer the coup, you can make it as legal as you want. <laughs> so the obvious answer here is prove that it was stolen. Prove that you weren't lying. Prove that it was true. And that's exactly what uh, apparently Trump is planning on doing when he goes into court and he is celebrating this on uh, a truth social post that he very much looks forward to going into court with all the evidence that they have uh, of election fraud. Uh, For those of you who don't remember, it was a very disappointing situation. But um, several months ago, Trump came out and said, Uh, that they had a bunch of irrefutable election fraud evidence and he was going to release it. And then when it was supposed to be released, he kind of walked that back and said, I've been advised by my legal counsel uh, that we should uh, not release this publicly until our trial. 
mm-hmm. which okay. to be fair legally makes some sense. But at the same time, I don't know. Point is, uh, understand that part of Donald Trump's legal defense is going to be predicated on proving the election was stolen. Now, what evidence they have, I have no idea. Uh, but it is part of his legal defense. And it is one of those interesting situations with how shitty this judge has been in the idea that she tried to gag him. And, you know, she can sit there and talk as much shit as she wants. And the DA can talk as much shit as they want. Um, but Donald Trump's not allowed to speak about the trial at all. Uh, but the reality is, is that... Um, they can't, you can't really stop someone's defense in this way. Like it would be a, you would have to, you could get the trial thrown out. If he went forward and was like, well, I have all this evidence that what I said was true. The judge can't go, well, I'm not going to allow you to admit that evidence. Right. Because that would be his entire defense. Right. Point is that kind of stuff's going to come out. The January 6th stuff that we already knew. like, But what we are seeing in some ways is, number one, it shows all the editing that occurred. All the editing that occurred by the January 6th committee. Um, it is an undeniable situation that there were a lot of uh, narratives that were built up. And that the January 6th committee cherry-picked a bunch of video evidence to make things look bad. When in reality, like we've been saying this entire time... The initial salvo of people coming into the Capitol, which I think that that matters the most. The initial entrance of people into the Capitol are them wandering in and literally shaking hands with police officers. Police officers opening doors for them. There's uh, even one of the police officers whose name just escaped my head, but who had claimed in January 6th testimony that he was so brutalized and injured at the initial breach of the Capitol there's now video of him just standing around. Well, remember, there's all those mm-hmm. officers that committed suicide after the event. Right. And we were told that was because they were so distraught by seeing their fellow countrymen trying to engineer a coup against democracy. I mean, I will admit, it is very suspicious that there was a rash of suicides mm-hmm. immediately after January 6th. I don't think it's be. I think it's because of January six, but not for the reason yeah. that the left is saying. Like I mean, it would be seem very strange that these officers were so distraught at the idea of a coup against democracy that they just had to take their own lives. But it seems a lot more reasonable if they were more ashamed at the part they played in essentially a show trial and a false flag. Could be that, or could be that. They needed to be kept quiet. I'm not. I'm not saying. You know, I don't. I don't have any evidence that these people were say murdered, Epsteined. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's it is suspicious. Like I'm. I'm allowed to be suspicious. And would would the government kill people to keep them quiet? Well, yes. I mean. The, especially the Democrat Party has a very great habit of any of the witnesses uh, against them seem to end up dead in parks. So, <laughs> I mean, they just get really yeah. lucky. They get really lucky uh, at, the, <laughs> at the poor mental state of anybody who can provide testimony against them in federal trials. Um, but one of the things I wanted to bring up is, so 
you know, what, what do you do when you're someone on the right? <laughs> I, actually, I'm just going to be kind of shitty about this. What do you do when you're a person who has known the truth the entire time and then suddenly, like, you're proven correct? It can be a very interesting situation because you're sitting there going, well, yeah, of course, like the, we all knew January 6th. We knew the police were opening the doors for them. We knew they were just wandering in. It's a bunch of grandmas taking selfies. This wasn't a coup. And now, you know, all of this, all of this evidence is released. And obviously everybody on the right is celebrating it on social media and just like, see, 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 we were so right. But you're not going to feel any joy from that. You knew this the entire time. This isn't a shock to you. Mm-hmm. So what's the celebration of it? Well, obviously it's not like a bunch of liberals are going to see people from the right going, but look at them open the doors. Look at them do all of these things. It's not like there's going to be this overnight success of a bunch of liberals being like, my God, I've been lied to the entire time. And then they all just, you know, whatever, run off into the sea or <laughs> burn them, yeah. burn themselves in effigy. Um, that's not what's going to happen. But what is interesting is there is a benefit when it comes to fighting propaganda that a lot of people don't think about. And it is, it sounds dumb and it doesn't sound as um, exciting, but the ability to remove arguments is actually very powerful. There are going to be far less people, regular people, that are going to try to use January 6th as an emotional cudgel come 2024 than there were before this footage was released. And the reason why I say that is there's only so many times that liberals can get punched in the face, especially on social media, until they give up on the argument. This is one of the reasons. The reason why I'm bringing this up is I remember 2016 very vividly because it was, uh, we, we started this program prior to 2016, but it's when this program really started picking up steam so it's just because i was you know fledging into political commentary and podcasting and all of that i i have very solid memories of kind of trying to figure this world out and how to communicate it to an audience i remember i can very distinctly explain one of the reasons why number one donald trump was so was so successful in 2016 but also number two why he was such a threat to the uniparty, the deep state, and the left in 2016. And it was something as simple as people on the right started pushing back. It was, that's it. There's nothing any deeper than that. It was something that the left and the establishment had never had to deal with. This was Mm -hmm. something that they've never had to combat. And now understanding that aspect What is it that they did in reaction to it? That's when you started seeing big tech censorship. That's when you saw all of these things from the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI saying, well, we've got to monitor social media. Disinformation started becoming a word. That was a word that I was familiar with in military intelligence. It's not a word you heard common in the civilian civilian sector. In fact disinformation and misinformation are words that are regularly used in what we call IO information operations. And I don't mean in the the networking sense, the information operations and the idea of when you are combating counterintelligence and to be fair, propaganda, not just combating propaganda, but making propaganda. 
disinformation and misinformation are words that sit in those categories. And I find it fascinating that they just started becoming a very common word that was used because in the intelligence community started crafting ways to, quote, combat misinformation and disinformation, which was the long road around saying the left went, oh, shit, we don't have complete dominant control over the narrative anymore. We need that. They don't know how to gain control of that back. They just need to shut the other side down. They have no plan on trying to dominate the narrative again. They don't know how to do it. So the only thing that they can try to do is shut the other side down. And it's part of the reason why social media is such a huge target for all of these politicians. Because like heading into 2024, everything looks like shit on Joe Biden's side. In fact, earlier this morning, I think it was uh, I, I think it was MSNBC had to go in front of their audience and release a poll that said, yeah, we just did a poll and Donald Trump beats Joe Biden. Mm. Like the first time that that's happened so far in this election cycle and it's MSNBC, right? They, they tilt their polls pretty hard. But according to MSNBC and their recent polling, Trump beats Biden. That's not good. Certainly not. Not for not, especially not for Biden and friends. Well, because mostly, and think about this for a second, they are at the peak right now of their assault against Trump. Think about all the yeah. news stories you've heard about Trump recently. It's all the court cases he's facing. It's all that, you know, he's going to go to jail. He's done all these terrible things. If Trump is beating Biden in this media cycle... What's it look like a year from now? Or, well, not a year from now, but less like, you know, eight months from now when we're at the peak heading into an election. There's almost zero way that the narrative and the uh, discussions about Donald Trump can be any worse than they are right now. So if Trump's beating right. Biden right now with all of this basically bad press, he's going to kill him next November. Yeah. It's, I don't know, I don't really know what they, how they expect it all to go, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be in their favor. No, and it, we're pretty far out, right? We're, we're a little less than a year out from the election. And I'm telling you, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I don't, I don't mind hanging my hat on it, but with the exception of, uh, there, there are candidates that I think would lose to Joe Biden, but Donald Trump beats Joe Biden. Ron DeSantis beats Joe Biden. Those two things I can, I'm pretty confidently say. And the reason why I say it that way isn't to, you know, play fence sitter on the primary. I'm saying it because that's actually how badly Joe Biden is doing. There's not a candidate that securely beats Joe Biden. Yeah, because that's one of the things that, you know, the, some, some people, like the DeSantis campaign really wants you to think that Ron DeSantis is the only guy that can beat Joe Biden. Donald Trump can't. He already lost to him. I don't think that's true. I think I think Trump beats Biden. I think DeSantis beats Biden. To be honest, if you ask me today, gun to my head if I had mm -hmm. to do it, Trump beats Biden more, I believe. I'd believe that. Yeah, I think yeah. it would be a closer election with DeSantis. 
but I'm not willing. Yeah, I'd absolutely believe that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not willing to 100% tie myself to it because I haven't seen DeSantis. You know, if DeSantis was the nominee, then we would see him build his case to America and it would be a very different situation. Right now, he's trying to build his case to the party and not doing a good job. Right. Um, which we'll get into a little bit of that because I do want to talk a little bit about primary prom, but mostly just because there's just just some analysis of the polls, not getting too much into it. But the point that I want to make is sweeping the legs out from underneath the left is a very interesting situation. It doesn't make you feel great and you don't get to celebrate because there's not going to be a liberal that's going to come up and be like, I am so sorry that I've been so wrong this entire time. Um, the world would have to be on fire before a liberal admitted that they were wrong because remember they, well, and, and part of the reason why they wouldn't do that is also part of the reason why we would be very successful with just, or why we're really successful with these types of tactics. And that is they always want to be the smartest person in the room. They always want to sound smart. And so mm -hmm. admitting that you're wrong doesn't make you sound very smart. But also, when you think that you're the smartest person in the room and you're basically being emotionally manipulated, and then it gets proven when a bunch of videos get released, that, by the way, it also will hit a landmine with a lot of liberals. Like, oh, look, the government's lying. The police were lying. They were entrapping people. Like these are all things that the left believes happen all the time. They just think it only happens to like black people. Um, <laughs> so it's not hard to mm -hmm. convince them that the police can be shitty. The feds can be shitty, but uh, all of a sudden they're going to see all of these videos coming out and they're just going to kind of stop talking about stuff because they're not the smartest person in the room. They're never going to admit that out loud. But every little time that that right. kind of, I think that's one of the reasons why Biden's polling is doing, like why Biden is polling so badly is there have been a lot of situations on the left where these people solidly believed something and then all of a the sudden they were just left in the dark. And I think January 6th is a great example of that. Just a few months prior to January 6th, 2021, the cops were the devil and then you were celebrating the cops. Exactly. I feel like that has a psychological effect at some point. Yeah, it has to, right? But then think about think about how Trump, well, I say traumatic, but honestly, it is psychologically traumatic. Think about how psychologically traumatic it is being a shit lib that was like, oh, you went and bought the Ukraine flag. You hung it out there. You, you sat there like mentally masturbating over the fact that you were such a good person. Oh my God, you were so good. You're just the best. You're like a fucking saint with your Ukraine flag hanging there off of your garage. And now you have yeah. Israel, Palestine. And the entire narrative class is telling you to support Israel but the activist class who you've been listening to this whole time is telling you to support Palestine and you don't know what flag you're supposed to wrap yourself in. But also you were like, but what about Ukraine? And everyone's like, yeah, we don't give a fuck about Ukraine anymore. They should probably accept a peace deal because they're fucked and they've always been fucked. Well, actually, it was released by the New York Times today that the Ukrainian and Russian negotiators have met and they essentially have come to the conclusion of the Ukrainian negotiators saying we are willing to give up NATO membership in exchange for security guarantees. And Russia is saying, yeah, that's all we ever wanted. <laughs> it's all that's ever this been. The, the, so right now, 
I, I just I just read this story this morning. So, Aaron, I haven't shared it with you. But right now, Ukrainian negotiators are meeting with Russian negotiators about setting up a meeting between Zelensky and Putin and setting up a treaty between the two nations that would essentially be Ukraine giving up NATO membership in exchange mm-hmm. for essentially neutrality. And this is exactly what the Ukrainian government in 2014 was poised to do before the CIA engineered a coup. Yep. So all of the events in Ukraine since 2014, the coup, the Maidan protests, the civil, the civil war between Ukraine and the breakaway regions of Donbass and Luhansk, the Russian invasion, the massive expenditure of blood and treasure from the entire Western world and Ukraine into the meat grinder, all of that was for nothing. And we are right now back at the point where if in 2014 the CIA hadn't pushed a coup against the Ukrainian government, they would have made a deal deal with Russia where they would officially give up aspirations of joining NATO, and we would be at the exact same point we are today. Well, And the arrogance and greed of Washington, D.C. <laughs> cost thousands of lives and huge expenditures of money and treasure and military equipment for absolutely nothing. Ukraine has been essentially wrecked demographically by this ma- by the war, by the civil war. It's a shadow of its former self, and it is entirely due to the greed and arrogance of people in Washington who never, who essentially spent the entire time since 2014 scheming on how they could screw Russia rather than caring anything about act- actually about Ukraine. It's an incredible failure of U.S. foreign policy. Yeah, no, like, I'm uh, like. You, there's not a word good enough to really capture how massive a failure this is for the the globalist established order. Like mm-hmm. the GAE has failed so epically to have Zelensky go and sign a peace deal with Vladimir yeah. Putin. It's ridiculous. Because like uh, it just is, it's shocking. And and for the amount of expenditure of effort involved, for it to come to nothing, is just. It's a lot like global war on terror, Afghanistan, Iraq. Like the amount of effort that was expended by the United States in these conflicts, and it turns into absolute nothing. It's like, boy, well, all of this is a terrible referendum on the U.S. government and the ability of America as a quote superpower to actually accomplish anything. Well, that's why that's why we're doing a redux. Mm-hmm. You know, like a bad like a bad Disney movie. We're gonna we're gonna do a um, we're gonna do a redux of it. Mm. You know, yeah. That's why we're gonna do GWAT two Electric Boogaloo, where uh, you know the Patriot Act is gonna include social media. Uh, and if Nikki Haley oh, has her way, um, you know. If uh, if Nikki Haley has her way, uh, you won't be allowed to be anonymous on the internet, so the government can hunt you down. Um, which, by oh, the way, well, well, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit deeper about um, things that are already happening and how dumb abroad Nikki Haley is. Uh, well, screw it. We'll just dive right into it. Um, so great, let's do it. Yeah, weirdly enough, so the the. <laughs> You may not, you may not remember, but the third GOP debate happened recently, and nobody watched it. Did it? 
and to be fair, yes, Donald Trump had a competing rally uh, at the same time as the GOP debate, and nobody watched that either. Uh, this stuff is dumb. All of these things are dumb. Um, just because th there's no reason to watch any of them anymore. Like the people just don't get excited about it. I'm certain I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm pretty sure more people watched Trump than watched the GOP debate, but that's not a hard thing to beat. Um, it's like, it's like yeah. racing a cripple. Uh, but <laughs> the funny part about it, I know we talked about it last week, but one of the things is, uh, Nikki Haley went and she's doing the news rounds, right? Cause she's actually doing this is a very subjective sentence that I'm about to say. She's doing well in the polls. She's not doing well in the polls. She's doing well by comparison of everyone else in the polls. Donald Trump's average on polling okay. is 63%. So no one but Donald Trump is doing good in the polls. He has 63% in polling on average. So it's not like Nikki Haley's doing well. She has 14%. That's not good in any poll ever. But in comparison to her peers, she is increasing her standing in the polls. Whereas Ron DeSantis is decreasing. He's at 17% nationally. So she's at 14. He's at 17. So Nikki Haley is chasing Ron DeSantis. Which is a very weird situation. When Ron when Ron DeSantis declared that he was going to run for president and join the primary, there were people that were very big Trump fans that said that this was the end of Ron DeSantis's political career. And I didn't believe that. Him running for president doesn't end his political career. And I don't, um, I don't support any uh, statements where people demand that you be loyal to any politician. I think that kind of stuff is gross and the opposite of how things should work. Doesn't matter. Sure. If Ron DeSantis comes in comes in third behind Nikki Haley, that should end his career. If you're so bad at communicating your message that you can't beat Nikki fucking Haley, you don't deserve to have a political career. Oh, fair enough. With that being said, Nikki Haley was on uh, CNN or MSNBC, which already proves that she's an idiot, uh, but she stated that for national security reasons... There should not be any anonymity on the internet. People should have to be verified to their actual names. And her claim is, is then people would think if, you know, if your name was attached to the stuff you put on the internet, you would think twice about what you put on the internet. First of all. Why, why would I need to think twice about it? Yeah. What? I don't understand. Because there's going to be some, because <laughs> someone's going to come after me if I post things that they don't like right yeah see what i mean like i, I don't this is why we we need anonymity we need everyone who puts up a publishes a pamphlet to do so with their full name and address so that no one can do it anon anonymously mm -hmm. like the founding fathers published a bunch of stuff yeah anonymously because so they didn't get hunted by agents of the crown yeah, because they would have been murdered. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, is that the point of this? Like, why? Why is again? The question is, why is this necessary? I, if we value again the like the anti freedom of speech message is 
it's not even specific. It's not, oh, well, you know, you know, people are like talking about violence and cuts. If, if that was maybe what it was, that's at least defensible. But it's simply, you know, saying things that are mean, saying things that my donors don't like mm-hmm. is how it feels to me. Well, to, to the point I made a little bit earlier about, you know, uh, I wasn't just talking about the Democrat Party not being able to control the narrative. Mm. I can tell you one of the reasons why, like, why is this front of mind for Nikki Haley right now? You're Nikki Haley. Why is it front of mind that there shouldn't be anonymity on the Internet? It's a weird thing for especially a Republican candidate in Trump world to be thinking yeah. about. Unless you've been having a lot of meetings with your uh uh, with with your advisors and with your lobbyists and with your donors that are all very upset over the fact that oh I don't know what's a really big world event that they're the, the uniparty is really trying to get everybody on the same page on but is having some some awfully hard hard uh, having an awfully hard time doing what is it what is that recent big event that they're having a real tough time convincing everybody to have the same opinion on uh, well, uh, Israel is definitely at the top of one of the yeah, things at the top. Of the that's list. why the reason why she wants to take, and this is this is the reason why I've been for anybody who's been following the stuff that's being posted on on Twitter. This is why I have been so vicious about the debate when it comes to Israel. I don't care about Palestine. I don't have some sort of emotional connection to Palestine. It's because I know where this shit is going. This entire situation in Israel is meant <coughs> to hoodwink right-wingers into going along with what the globalists have wanted this entire time. They tried to do it with Ukraine, and it failed. Now, they're trying to do it with Israel, in which there's an already built-in support structure on the right and in the Republican Party, so now... All of a sudden, what do we have? Republicans who want hate speech laws. Are you fucking kidding me? Republicans who want to uh, give the government the ability to monitor social media. Are you kidding me? They're all agreeing to all the things the globalists have been pushing for the last few years because it's better for Israel. But what about all these bad Palestinians? What about all this terror? It's like 2003, guys. The The Uniparty is convincing good Republicans who are just too stupid to see what's going on that in defense of terrorism, just let us take more control. Let us take some of these freedoms to, to protect you from the big, scary terrorists, you know, who are saying, you know, these big, scary, awful, you know, Palestinians, you know, the people who live in a third world country that don't even have clean fucking drinking water. They're a massive threat to the entire world. It's like Israel has an entire mechanized military and air <laughs> force and all of this. Yeah. I, I, the, 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 the push to support Israel really feels a lot more like you have to hate the Palestinians. That's really feels oh, yeah. like more of the effort than any. It's like Israel doesn't need any support. Like Israel doesn't need support. They don't need Heck, they probably don't even even need money or any of that to yeah. be successful in their campaign well, against the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. So the only reason I could see all of this hyperbolic need for support is simply because, like, they're worried that people are going to side with the Palestinians. They need manufactured. I wonder why they're worried about that. They need manufactured consent. Mm-hmm. Israel just needs manufactured consent to do whatever the hell they want. 
And they need you to not think about it. They need you to not ask about it. Yeah. That's it. They just they just want manufactured consent of the West, which is hilarious because they don't need they like you were saying, they don't need anything from the United States to be successful in this. At all. Like right. I I have no doubt in my mind that Israel's going to defeat Hamas. Like it's just at no point was I like, Well God, maybe no. <laughs> there's no There's no way there's no way that goes and, in Hamas's favor. And like to at be, best Hamas could maybe stall an a Israeli invasion of the West Bank and cause a bunch of casualties. That's the best they're ever gonna do though. Now and and don't don't misunderstand. I've 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 made a lot of comments about the ROE, especially on social media. Like I'm upset because Israel's allowed to have a far better ROE than you and I were when we were in Afghanistan. Like far better. Right. We we had a deadly and scary ROE. There was a very specific situation uh, that Alan and I both remember because we bring it up a lot where we were standing in a room or we standing in a chow hall at a cop and we were getting ready to go out and do a patrol and the battalion commander of the infantry battalion that we were with came in and basically was like, listen, guys, if you're taking fire, you're in armored vehicles. So just, you know, get down. Let's not just start popping yeah. off and shooting back when you can just get down because we're in armored vehicles really no reason to start firing back and it's like and i would i would also add this is completely unbidden there hadn't been a round fired in anger on any of the patrols in the area for like weeks so there's no incident that this precipitated it was just i need to make sure that we don't have anything embarrassing happen that could hurt my promotion career like my pro promotion career when we get back stateside, because that's really the most important thing. Protecting American soldiers and, you know, completing the mission in Afghanistan. That's secondary over make sure I get promoted. Right. And so it was horrifying because it's like, wait, what? And it's like, yeah, you're being told don't shoot back. And yeah, crazy. At Absolutely the, insane. And at the time we were there, I mean, there were the jokes, right? Everyone's like, hey, you know, if you start getting fired at, the first thing you should look for is a CNN camera so you don't go to jail. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was a real joke that people would make. Uh, that doesn't exist for Israel. And so, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little upset about it. I'm a little upset a little that when... About that. Yeah, when when I was when I was fighting terror, when Alan was fighting terror, we well, number one, it was everybody has to look fluffy and good and partnered with the Afghans. You know, we're, they're our friends, and you know, we were in the intelligence guys, so we're like, listen, dudes, like, hey, these guys can't be trusted. Some of them are working with the Taliban. They're like, no, you guys are going to go do patrols with them because you know this is a partnership. You and your Afghan partners. And yeah, one of one of the guys in our unit was murdered by those Afghan partners, mm -hmm. and so was the entire infantry squad that was up at the uh, up at the OP that they were on because they were yeah. all fucking Taliban. Now, mm -hmm. Israel's not—they're not going. No one's going to be like, "Oh, you should partner with the Palestinians." Oh, you know, let them lead from the front. Oh, that's not happening. So yeah, I'm a little salty about it because, by the way, the same groups that are demanding. Uh, that we unequivocally support Israel fucked me when I was in uniform because sure. they were all part of those human rights coalitions. Like, how dare you be mean to those poor Afghans? 
We need to we need to arrest all of those Marines that peed on the dead bodies of the guys who just killed their friends. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and let's not forget, we uh, we often would man a guard position between the oh Afghans' God. side of the base because we were co-located with an ad, part of the Afghan security forces. We would man a security point between at the gate between those two, the two bases, mm-hmm. and we were told you cannot have your weapon loaded out of fear not that so you're going to shoot an Afghan, but. Someone might accidentally have a negligent negligent discharge, and that would look really bad for the battalion. And so no one gets to have a weapon loaded on guard duty. When the entire point of the guard position was Afghan police routinely have to go through this checkpoint to to meet with the leadership of the American forces. And, you know, we need a guard position there in case one of them decides he's going to be an insider threat and have a green on blue incident yeah but you can't have your weapon loaded you just have to die first and then hopeful hope people hear the gunshots and decide to respond yeah i remember getting in trouble because they gave them the badges that they were supposed to show at the guard point mm-hmm. and one guy yeah. didn't have his and tried to push past me so i shoved him backward and then he got upset and i couldn't understand what he was saying because i didn't speak Pashto. But he started getting really upset. And so, you know, right? So guy tries to push past your position. Then he starts getting irate. What's the reaction that you have? You draw your rifle up and you tell him that he needs to step back. And holy shit, did I get in trouble. Do you remember that night? Oh, I do. Holy shit, they were mad. I mean, getting dragged in in front of all of these military officers and getting literally yelled at. Why the fuck did you draw your weapon? Why did you charge your weapon? What the fuck were you thinking? And it was like, are you shitting me? I, and- I had a similar experience. I, I had my I had my weapon loaded on guard duty because I was just like, I'm not going to be shot in the face by this by these guys that walk through here with AK-47 slung on their shoulder. No one's checking to make sure their guns aren't loaded. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to have my I'm going to have my round in the I'm going to have a round in the chamber because. That's what you do. We're on literally guard duty. And I got yelled at by the first sergeant and the, the the base commander. Like, how could you be so stupid? Who told you you could have your weapon loaded? Blah, blah, blah. We have a policy. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I basically still did it. I was just like, well, if I'm, actually, I did two things. I was like, well, if I'm not going to have my weapon loaded, I'm not sitting in this guard shack. I'm sitting behind a brick wall, peering around the corner at these, these people, because I'm not going to be the first one that gets shot in the face. If I can't shoot back quickly enough, I'm going to protect myself. And after that, then I just, I had a loaded magazine in. I had the bolt locked to the rear, and I would just keep my hand on, and I had the safety off. And I was like, well, there's not technically not a round in the chamber. But if I smack this bolt release, a round is in the chamber and the gun's ready to fire. And uh, maybe they would have had a problem with that, but nobody checked and nobody made a deal of it. So <laughs> it's like you... It was very disheartening to, to realize most of the, the, the biggest enemy to our survival in Afghanistan was the U.S. Army. <laughs> like We could deal with enemy fire and all of that more effectively, but the biggest safety concern was, was the bad policies by officers designed simply to further their own careers. Yep. But luckily, like I was saying, uh, Israel doesn't have to worry about any of these things. They're allowed to prosecute war in defense of their country to the fullest extent uh, possible. Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous of that. I kind of think it's horseshit. I'm not even going to say that's necessarily wrong either. No. 
I just but I, I don't like how we can't be honest about that fact. Like I've said, if say, well, there is a concern. Like inevitably, in any war, you are going to have civilians in the crossfire. There's going to be collateral damage. There's going to be risks of shooting civilians. I feel like that is absolutely warranted and be, to be like, hey, is Israel playing a little too fast and loose with the idea of civilian casualties? That's a very reasonable concern and one that we should go, well, if they are, they should be more careful to avoid civilian casualties. But I'm told that that's anti-Semitic. Right. And that's the when thing. It's weird yeah. because Palestinians are also a Semitic people. So being concerned about <laughs> a Semitic people killing another Semitic people is anti-Semitic? And that's very strange to me. Oh, yeah. And, but but there is a wonderful defense about that, because obviously that's one of the, you know, kind of common memes that people are going out is like, what do you mean it's anti-Semitic? Like the Palestinians are Semitic, too. And uh, there's uh, <laughs> there has been no amount of um, effort lost on the anger that comes out of like the ADL and Israeli media trying to explain to people that, yes, Arabs are Semitic people too, but we all know that anti-Semitism only applies to Jews for some reason. Really weird. Yeah. So it's this magical little dance that they do. And it's because in reality, it's because language wise, they don't want to say anti-Jewish. They want to say anti-Semitic because it's a larger minority group with which they can kind of, you know, put themselves into to make it seem a certain way. But in reality, what they're saying is anti-Jewish and by anti-Jewish, they mean anti-ethnicity. And when they exactly that have to be like, well, is Jew is Judaism an ethnicity? Is it a religion? What is it? And I think that's, that's very messy discussion that I think a lot of the anti-Semitism as an anti this ethnicity Mm kind of tries to sidestep. Right. And and they don't want to have that discussion because then they can't weaponize it. Because remember, um, when when do you get accused of anti-Semitism on the right? And once when you uh, it's when you uh, are critical of Israel. But remember, Israel's not an ethno state, except for the fact that anytime you criticize it, you are literally labeled somebody who is filled with ethnic hatred. So make it make sense. And don't you know? Right. Like like I said, I, I I'm not actually against any of this. I just want equal treatment. Like if I said whites were God's chosen people, I would be labeled a I would be labeled a hate group and investigated by the FBI. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, that's, that's all I'm saying is like, I just wish, I wish it. It's fine. If people want to say that Israel is special, I just wish that people thought America was special too. And I was allowed to have the same, um, Ability to be successful. Mm-hmm. I just want the same yeah. ability to be successful. Yeah. For my country. I, want, I just wish we could care about America as much as people in America care about Israel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wish, I wish that people were as focused on America's success as they are apparently the success of Israel. But to be fair, you know, uh, people are allowed to have dual citizenship in the United States. Um, and because of that, they're allowed to choose which country they, they prefer. Uh, and it appears that a lot of, uh, a lot of people, uh, especially some people on the right are communicating, uh, which country they prefer more. 
with that being said, let's get into a little bit of drama because it is kind of fun. Uh, Excellent. It's hilarious to go like, hey, let's talk about Israel for a little bit. And now let's discuss Ben Shapiro. The connections are obvious. Um, One of the things that we've talked about a lot on this program, and so people have asked me on the side, like, why do I hate? Why do I seem to hate the Daily Wire so much? Like, I'm I'm critical of a lot of stuff on the right wing because there are times that I think people are wrong. But I've been exceptionally critical of the Daily Wire. And I've had people ask me, why them? What's the deal? Like, what's different about the Daily Wire than, say, some of these other, um, you know, other groups like Louder with Crowder or some of the, like, dudes on Rumble? And here's the reason why. And I've explained this on shows previously, but there are a lot of new people in our audience. I know that the Daily Wire works as a gatekeeper to conservative media. This is an accusation that I have made for years. Ben Shapiro and his ilk have regularly attempted to suppress competing uh, personalities that threaten the Daily Wire's audience. In other words, if somebody starts becoming more popular and really seeming like they might start capturing the audience of Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire, you will suddenly see a strong effort by those people to smear and attack or absorb those other personalities. Ben Shapiro and people like Jeremy Boring and the folks over at the Daily Wire are very good at gatekeeping. Hmm. There are only certain people that they want allowed to be in their peer group. And if you're not one of those people, they will destroy you. Mm. Now, the crazy part about this is there's some infighting that's happening. There was a private event. Ben Shapiro was at it. Somebody was recording him on a cell phone where he went on a whole diatribe about how disgusting Candace Owens's opinion is because she isn't Israeling hard enough. Don't like, don't misunderstand that she's not pro Palestine. She just is like, yeah, I think that there should be a ceasefire. I, and I don't want to fund another foreign war. She basically has the exact same opinion about Israel that she had about Ukraine, which is the, most hilarious part just the exact same opinion about israel as she did about ukraine but it's absolutely disgusting and shameful and whatever according to ben shapiro so this is the only situation that occurred somebody has a video of ben shapiro standing on a table talking about how gross candace owens is for having the opinion she has with regards to israel that's the only situation that actually happened a little embarrassing for ben shapiro right Mm-hmm. Like, sure. this is somebody who works for the Daily Wire. He's a partial owner of the Daily Wire. Why are you complaining about somebody who's basically either a co-worker, possibly an employee? It really depends on how you look at it. Like, it's a, it looks a little gross. It, it's, it's an embarrassing thing that can happen. You get caught on a hidden camera talking shit about people you work with, right? That's kind of embarrassing. Sure. Mm-hmm. So what's the reaction that a normal adult would have in this situation? Probably apologize or you know, yeah. distance yourself from this, or you kind of try to save face a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, like, look, like, look. I really disagree with her opinion. I wasn't aware I was being recorded. The things I said weren't exactly very nice. Like, yes, I disagree with her, but it's not it's not appropriate to go into ad hominem attacks. And that's just, 
I do apologize. It, I was out of line, right? Pretty pretty normal you, you thing think that, so. would that would happen. That would be a very gracious way to handle it, yeah. Yeah. So what does Ben Shapiro do? Not he that, I imagine. starts getting a whole bunch of other right-wing influencers to start attacking Candace Owens as a grifter. Oh, dear. And by the way, this is how I noticed this situation. I was just sitting there on Twitter, just doing my thing. And I just saw a lot of people that were just like, Candace Owens has always been a piece of shit. Candace Owens has always been a grifter. You know, she doesn't even believe it. She's not even a real Christian. She was a liberal. She blah. And I was like, what the fuck did Candace Owens do now? Now, I don't like Candace Owens either. I don't really like anybody who works at the Daily Wire. Um, because they work at the fucking Daily Wire. Uh, that already makes me question them ethically. But uh, I was like, what the hell did Candace Owens do now? Like, what's going on? Like, why is everybody all of a sudden pissed off about her? But the only thing I could find was a point where Ben Shapiro's being a fucking asshole. Oh. And so I was like, hmm. what's happening? And that's it. There's a full frontal media assault against Candace Owens because Ben Shapiro did something shitty. And so now he has to justify it by ruining the reputation of Candace Owens and saying that she's oh. mass, like she's a terrible, awful, horrible person and always has been, by the way, the entire time. Even even though she works at the Daily Wire, she's worked there for years. She's part of um, <clears throat> their efforts. Uh, she's done a couple of documentaries that have been being pushed on Daily Wire Plus that have adver like massive advertising um, you know, situations going on, like a lot of money being spent in advertising on her documentaries and, and things like that. All of that was fine up until, but now she's of complete questionable character because Ben Shapiro said shitty things about her and got mm. caught. That's amazing. And this is exactly just, you know, now, now people might understand this is why I've never liked Ben Shapiro and I've never liked the Daily Wire because this is how they work. They did the same thing to Steven Crowder. Steven Crowder never said what company it was that required him to never get banned on YouTube that had a requirement in their contract saying you cannot get suspended on YouTube or else you owe us money. He never said who did that. It was Jeremy Boring, the CEO of the Daily Wire, that came out and said, oh, yeah, that was us. And then they attacked Steven Crowder and said he was a shitty person and he was terrible. And then magically, somebody leaked a bunch of stuff about his divorce. Oh, womp womp. This was all coordinated. These people are the they are actually a larger threat to everything that you hold dear than the left. Because they are the Judas goats. And for those of you who don't know what a Judas goat is, it's a real term. Uh, a Judas is goat a is a great goat term. that you train. Yes. I'm sorry? It's a great term. Yeah. Yes. A Judas goat is a goat that you train to convince the sheep to walk with it and follow it. And that goat will then walk the sheep into the truck and then walk off the truck, and then the sheep are now captured for slaughter. Yeah. That Leading is a Judas goat. Lambs to the slaughter. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly it. So, reason why I'm bringing that up is because Candace Owens did go on Tucker Carlson. Uh, this was also a big subject of discussion on our Discord, which, if you're not part of our Discord, 
go to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong think radio for $2.99 a month. You can help support the program and you will get access to our discord server where we have a lot of great discussions because we were talking about this this week on the discord server a lot and sharing. Um, we actually had had uh, uh, somebody share the video from the Tucker Carlson inter- interview um, where, I mean, to be fair, like, I don't really like Candace Owens, but she did a really good job of just being like, yeah, you know, Ben and I disagree on some stuff. That's fine. It's not a big deal. It's kind of weird that I'm suddenly being attacked because I just don't think that we need to throw a bunch of money at Israel. That's apparently it. That seems relatively reasonable. Yeah, like, completely reasonable. Like I said, same opinion you have about Ukraine. It's called being consistent. That's the funniest mm-hmm. part about this. Mm-hmm. It's just being consistent. Now, uh, shifting on to other subjects, now that we're heading into the second hour of the program, we figured out how to clean the streets of California. Good. Finally. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can you can apparently get rid. Well, you, <laughs> this has been an issue for you. Um you know, you can finally you can finally get rid of all of those uh pesky homeless people that are taking up everything um that are taking up all that space and having all those encampments and everything uh in your neighborhood alan you just have to pesky you just have to invite xi jinping to come visit oh well why didn't you say so it's it was really that easy the whole time it was that easy the whole time that's it man so of course what we're referencing is uh, Xi Jinping, the dictator of China, recently came to the United States, to California, and Gavin Newsom, governor of California, really rolled out the welcoming mat for him. They had big Chinese flags of draping the streets. They did, they really, and they dramatically cleaned up the city of, of San Francisco, including getting rid of huge numbers of homeless encampments and replacing them with planters filled with flowers all in advance of Xi Jinping's visit, to which myself looking at the situation went, oh, so you could have done that this whole time. The, the whole idea that the citizens of San Francisco have to deal with the extensive homeless problem could have just been solved overnight if the governor of California deemed it, which means that, wait, all that means it feels like every person that's been, say, assaulted or robbed or in any way hurt by these homeless people is doing so essentially supported by the state of California. Yeah. It's like, I've been told and like, I've been told that we couldn't possibly do anything about this huge crisis of homelessness, but we can do something. We can literally just (laughs) kick them off the street and force them out. And that's, that's totally viable. And we can just do that fascinating that's that's amazing if i if i lived in san francisco it would outrage me that i've been living with this sort of increasingly hellish dystopia only to have it all be reversed at the drop of a hat because a foreign dignitary was coming to town yeah and it's i mean to be fair it's it's really not that surprising but this is what's amazing this is what gavin this is what gavin newsom had to say um when he was being criticized for the move because of course people were like what the what the hell man you could have done this the entire time this was his explanation um to his citizens the citizens of california when it came to um him cleaning up the streets of san francisco and then basically (laughs) literally saying like you could have done this the entire time uh here's what he had to say 
I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. <laughs> I know they're just cleaning it up because the fancy leaders are coming to town. And that's true because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> fucking kidding me. Um, yeah, just com- completely insane. Uh, I just, yeah, I can't, um, I can't, I literally can't even, um, it, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But in, in, in the same state, <laughs> there, there, we shit, we, uh, um, kind of put this out there. There's, uh, there's an entire section of I-10 that is going to be closed down for years now because a homeless encampment caught on fire and burned so hot that it melted the steel beams. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Must have it, been jet fuel. It, it must have been all that jet fuel stored in the encampment. <laughs> I couldn't help it, man. It's I was just like, deal. So I mean, saying. I'm not sure how big these things are, but it's an interstate that runs through L.A., which are some of the most impressive highway infrastructure I've ever seen, just in the sheer scale of the amount of traffic that has to move through them. And this is the I-10, one of the I-10 overpasses, and it's now completely out of service. Uh, if I had to commute anywhere around L.A., if I lived in L.A. and had to drive anywhere around the city, it is a traffic nightmare, and I can only imagine this is going to dr- make it almost apocalyptic. Yeah, that's, but but it could be fixed at any moment. Mm-hmm. They just choose not to. They only they only do it when a communist dictator comes to town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, how many people? How many people in the foreign policy um, apparatus are just excited that there wasn't some sort of like hot mic incident with Joe Biden where he like goes up to meet. Xi Jinping and is like, no, are are you a chink or a gook? Um, yeah. they're, they're they're probably super excited that that didn't happen, uh, but he didn't look good at all. There's a weird video going around where, kind of out of nowhere, Biden just like hurries over to Xi's seat in the middle of a meeting and then starts whispering to him, and it's yeah. Kind of confusing. But it could just be like, to be fair, to be fair, Joe probably was checking his bank account balance and maybe uh, the amount of money wired was not what they had originally agreed on and he had to go and say, it's 10%. Um, Maybe that was the concern. For those of you who have not been tracking, the Biden family's received something north of like a billion dollars from people connected directly to uh, the PRC and the Chinese Communist Party. So, you know, that might also be why uh, the streets of San Francisco got cleaned because the guy who's financing the Democrat Party was coming to town. Right, exactly. Something to consider. All right. Our next fun, I like this story. A lot. This is my favorite. So I'm actually gonna. This is this is from Reddit. I'm I'm gonna go through the Reddit post here. So, uh, well, actually, I'm I'm gonna go through the 
reality of it, and then I'm going to uh, read the Reddit post. So Murfreesboro, Tennessee has banned indecent exposure, nudity in public, and public sex acts. This happened several months ago, Mm -hmm. but Murfreesboro, Tennessee put out an ordinance against indecent exposure, nudity in public, and public sex acts. This is the headline from the New Republic. A city in Tennessee banned public homosexuality, and we all missed it. Murfreesboro, Tennessee is already beginning to implement the law. Yeah. And then... Great. Like, comments from Reddit, Christian Sharia strikes again. Talibangelicals. Dude, I don't go to Reddit because then it's so fucking cringy. Like, how boomer, how boomery is fucking Reddit? Talibangelicals. Dude, I bet they think they're fucking hilarious. Um, But the reality is... uh. Explain, like, why, why is the gay community so upset that a city in Tennessee has banned nudity in public and decent exposure in public sex acts? It must be a requirement, I guess. It must be. I mean, are, the thing is, are these activists telling the truth that, well... The homosexual community, a integral and important part of the homosexual lifestyle is indecent public sex acts. Because if that's what they're saying, I, I'm i in no position to argue with them. <laughs> so, well, there's, there, there's a couple things here. Um, number one, I'm, I have a pretty good feeling I know why they're upset. And it's because, because of this type of law, like... Their biggest fear is that now they can't be super gay in front of children. I mean, like, and I'm being honest here. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. It is a hundred percent because now they can't be super gay in front of kids because that's what's going to upset people. Mm-hmm. If 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 you're an adult and you go into a bar, a 21 and over bar and there's a drag queen in there, no one's going to you're going to be like, "Oh, that's weird. I'm eh, maybe maybe you stay, maybe you don't." But like if you're mm-hmm. uncomfortable by it, nobody gives a shit, right? Like nobody cares if you're uncomfortable by a drag queen when you're sitting in a bar. Where people will get uncomfortable and where this potentially could be weaponized is you're at a public park and there's a drag queen twerking at children. And that's where this kind of law could be utilized. Mm -hmm. That's what they're afraid of is you could legally punish us for being gross and creepy in front of children. And we want to be gross and creepy in front of children. You could use this law that makes it to where I can't helicopter on a parade float at a pride parade in front of your kid. Right. And that's the weirdest. Like, look at how threatening. Like, that's the headline. A city in Tennessee banned public homosexuality. That's the headline. So that's number one is we all know why this is. It's because they want to be able to do gross gay shit in front of kids because they, they, it's because they get sexual gratification from the idea of conservatives, children having to see things that these parents would be horrified by. It literally is a fetish. 
Like they are that that's why they like it. It's yes, of course, there are some people that are absolutely groomers, but in reality, they get a thrill from the idea of corrupting your kids because they hate you. They want your kids to also hate you and they like they want you upset. They love the idea of in their mind they have this caricature of this bible thumping super religious person and they love the idea of your child having to watch two men make out and grope one another because it would upset you. That's why. Yeah. Well it's, it's and that is the same I uh psychology behind pushing all of this trans gay acceptance stuff into curriculums in elementary schools mm -hmm. is the official reason is oh well we just want you know kids to have such healthy sexuality growing up that they expose this at an early age and it's normalized but that's ridiculous and i think the and the real reason is they want the conservative parent to be made uncomfortable by twisting their children away from them Yes, it, it is about revenge against what they see as their political enemies, against the enemies of the great revolution, than it is about anything positive for children. Because there's no way, even let, even if I took them at face value, even if I said, even if we pretended that exposure to all of this weird sexuality stuff at an early age isn't harmful, let's pretend that it's not even harmful it still would be highly inappropriate for children of that age. You would go, well, like at that young of an age, there's no reason to discuss this because they're, they're such young children. That's ridiculous. But the fact that it's pushed on kids of that age beyond what any reasonable person would say is an acceptable age to start teaching them about sexuality means it's not about the children. It is about doing things that will make their parents mad, doing things that will make those evil, stodgy, stick-in-the-mud conservatives all upset and frustrated and angry because, well, we hate them so much, and if they're upset and angry, then that's that's my part I get to play in the great cultural revolution. Right, exactly. And the second part of this, though, in reality, is why not just, like... Can the response just be, why don't we just start making public homosexuality illegal, I guess? Like, think yeah. think about that. The left is now, like, they, like, this is happening. The left is now out there like, oh, my God, they made public homosexuality illegal. Oh, jeez. Oh, and it's not true. It's all bullshit, right? Like, that's not, that's not yeah. what happened at all. But, like, I mean, what if a city in Tennessee just decided, like, oh, well, I mean, fuck it. Yeah. I, like... Why not? I, I think in some ways it, it would be kind of fun to see the right wing really play with this and just be like, oh, we could have done that. Well, fuck. OK, yeah, we're going to make uh, public homosexuality illegal. I mean, what what would be the downside to the right wing? It's like, oh, no, the gays won't vote for us. <laughs> well, like it's like there's no there's no downside to the right wing like to conservatives for making just 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 do it. Just because oh, homosexuality is now illegal. What are all these, and especially in the current climate, how many conservative Republicans will go, you know what, I need to just let the Democrats win and take my guns and close my church and destroy freedom of speech so that the gays can continue to butt fuck in the park. <laughs> so the I, I imagine, I imagine at least myself, and maybe I'm an outlier, I imagine most people would go, 
yeah, I don't really care about the gays. They've kind of revealed themselves to be this insidious fifth column that hates me and wants my culture destroyed and always backs the things that are counter to my family being successful. So to hell with them. Well, and it's it's like, what does the left do? Like they just passed it. All they did was pass an ordinance that said basically you can't like do sex acts in public. Then Murfreesboro yeah. turns around and goes, "Oh shit, we could have made like we could have made public homosexuality illegal." All right, let's do that. What does the left do? Turn around and go, "Okay, but now they're really trying to do it." And it's like, "Oh, they weren't before." I thought you said yeah. they already were, and it was like, "Well, well, yeah, we know we said that they were, but they actually are now." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, I- it would almost be kind of fun. To just be like, I mean, hey, if you're going to get accused of it, why not just lean in? Yeah, why not just go all the way and do something that's actually going to make a difference? Yeah, like, like oh, oh, we passed this law and it drove every homosexual out of our area. Well, well, well that's just seems like your area would be a lot more peaceful and you'd have a lot more cohesion. And I, I just I fail to see the downside. Right. Well, like, because not that I have any real hatred of the gays, but at the same time, it's hard for anyone to make the case to me about why I should especially care what happens to the gays when well, with, they when do the public... everything they can to signal that they are my enemy. The public like, is being lied to and told all of this, yet it's still not dramatically affecting um, the power of conservatives. And what I mean by that is like, think about it for a second. Like this, this is the lies of the left are, there's always this big concern, right? We always hear like, I'm so worried about fascism. Do you know one, like one of the easiest ways, um, for a country to become fascist is to make it almost seem normal. And that's exactly what the left is doing. Like, think about this. Uh, think about it from like the stance of like immigration, right? We heard sure. that like, oh, well, Donald Trump is just a big racist. He hates Hispanic people. And that's why he wants to build a wall. And well, a bunch of people still voted for Donald Trump. It's possible 2024 people vote for Donald Trump to be the president of the United States. This is after every single citizen in the United States has been told like, over and over and over again that Donald Trump is actually a massive racist who wants to lock the country down and only have it for white people. And then he still wins the presidency. So what's the political harm that could be done if Donald Trump turns around the next day and goes, oh no, seriously, no more brown people. I'm stopping all immigration because fuck brown people. Is there, like, what does the left do with that? They turn around and go, see, we told you. And then everybody just goes, yeah, it's what we voted for. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, the, the hyperbole of the left, re, it's, it's somewhat self-defeating. It's like the, the communist that cried racist. The boy that cried wolf. I just want my right wing death squads. God damn it. I was, I was promised right wing death squads. I was told supporting Trump would get me right wing death squads that would retake the country. Yeah. And right now we'd be flying giant Trump flags over every city. And all of these people that I hate would be in some sort of labor camp system. But instead I have to listen to them bitch at me on Twitter. (laughs) Right. Well, and, and, 
hilariously, you have people like, I think it's like Barbara Streisand or who the fuck ever, is like, if Donald Trump gets elected, I'm leaving. You all fucking said that before, and you're still here. First of all, you're saying this shit on Twitter, which you were supposed to leave because Elon Musk took over. So I still have to hear your stupid ass on Twitter, even though you claimed you were leaving. You were supposed to not even be in America after 2016 because Trump won and you and your pussy hat friends were like, aren't you supposed to be a fucking handmaid? I don't understand. Why are you speaking? Men are talking. (laughs) Yeah, I. (laughs) (laughs) that's a joke everyone it is pretty funny someone's gonna take that clip and just be like why are you speaking men are talking um no like i I don't understand like i almost want to lean into this for almost the trolling fun and just to show how retarded it is like hey aren't you supposed to be a handmaid right now why are you talking men are talking like donald trump was president you don't even have rights anymore like how dare you think you can vote i Donald Trump is president. I should not have to suffer these your your questions. Yeah. Like, yeah, what was Donald Trump's biggest failure was he wasn't as mean as the left said he was. Yeah, he wasn't like he wasn't a dictator. That was Yeah. That was my biggest complaint. Like I'm actually concerned. Imagine if he had been. Imagine <laughs> if he'd been a dictator. Imagine how much trouble we could have saved ourselves. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really concerned about voting for Donald Trump because the left promised me right-wing death squads. <laughs> we were supposed to be living in Gilead. Literally Gilead because women can't kill babies. It's like being in a fucking handmaid. What's funny about that is I've never read The Handmaid's Tale, but I believe the biggest the the thing that set the stage is that most women in the world became infertile. Yeah. yeah. And so like women couldn't have children and that's why the handmaids were important and the fact that it's a, literally a handmaid's tale because i can't kill babies it's like man that seems kind of it seems that that's somehow weirdly prophetic and connected oh yeah it's a, absolutely uh, prophetic because you see uh, everybody was forced to get the vaccine and we're going to end up having a fertility crisis well i am Whoops. actually I was legitimately concerned about that. I am actually also legitimately concerned about that. <laughs> like, like, oh shit. <laughs> There's going to be, I mean, <laughs> unvaxxed men are going to be able to sell their semen for $10,000 a rub. <laughs> <laughs> That's not so bad, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, well, well, then women will get mad and be like, it's not fair that they're making. There's going to be, I'm trying to sell my unfertilized eggs, which, by the way, they can sell for thousands, which, hey, whatever. It's weird. I mean, I mean, as long as you have eggs that aren't, they, uh, that's the thing. We don't know about the vaccine. Uh, Yeah. I will. I will not speculate, although I have heard that there was in the initial testing, it did cause a bunch of infertility in mammals. Because the spike protein wrecks havoc with your reproductive systems. And uh, there also was the, it's something like if you were pregnant with the vaccine, you had a, something like a 70% higher chance of pregnancy complications. It's like yeah. the rate of miscarriages went through the roof during COVID. And it was not known whether it was attributable to the COVID virus or the vaccine. But the, wor- but the thing is, my worry is that it was the vaccine and no one's ever going to admit that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the horrifying part, right? Mm-hmm. Is, 
they're going to try to look for any other reason but that, especially people who were massively pro-vaccine and really supported it. Like, imagine, I feel, <clears throat> I feel really fucking bad for some people because this, this mm -hmm. happened to real people and yeah. they, they probably know that there's at least a theory out there and it sucks. Like, it really sucks to be somebody who, like, was emotionally manipulated into thinking that you were doing a good thing. And perhaps you were kind of shitty to other people. You were probably mm -hmm. super fucking judgmental to other human beings about it. And then you suffered consequences. I don't feel good about that. That doesn't make me feel good. I'm not happy. There are a lot of things that I want people to understand, actually, fundamentally. Being on the right wing, and especially because we're playing this game of, you know, like, just wait a few months and our conspiracy will be correct. I don't feel good when I'm right sometimes. Like, I'm not going to feel good that Ukraine has to sign a peace deal with Putin. Yeah. That doesn't make me feel good. What I wanted was people to fucking listen to me in the beginning. I don't feel good that there's a bunch of pro-Palestinians flooding all like a, a bunch of pro-Palestinian uh, Arabs running all over the fucking place in the United States, um, chanting from, you know, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. I don't feel good about that. That doesn't make me happy. Yeah. I don't think it's like watching a bunch of people talk about how like scary it is for their kids and how there might be this huge uptick of anti-Semitism in the United States. I think some of it's blown way the fuck out of proportion. But at the same time, these are leftists. They might do it like Black Lives Matter went after white people in 2020. So maybe the same people go after the Jews. I think that it should just be just as horrifying, but somehow it'll be uniquely special. It was different when they went after white people, but now they're going after the Jews, so everybody fucking stop everything they're doing. But the point is, it doesn't make me feel good to sit there and be able to point, look at somebody and say, yeah, we told you this shit was going to happen 10 fucking years ago. Why did you import them? Yeah, that... That is the uh, to me a very frustrating component is shit twenty well, years maybe ago. Maybe it's not frustrating. I it's said ten years ago. Right twenty fucking has, years ago. Sorry. Yeah, it's the right wing has been absolutely correct about immigration for a very long time, and we are only now being we're and it's now we're in this position which is nice because we are proven completely correct, but annoying because no one listened to us and it's seemingly the people that were that promoted this whole we're one race the human race we can add anyone we want to america and it will just be this gorgeous beautiful melting pot like those people will never be forced to recant their positions and that's frustrating yeah it's when they should be yeah it's very annoying um for some reason bill maher Mm -hmm. is uh <laughs> I can't um I I love it when I can't look at a tweet because the person blocked me. <laughs> so Molly Jung fast, the um the reporter has me blocked on Twitter so I can't read. Um and I don't like go out of my way to harass people. I'm on certain block lists. Sorry, real quick, I just want to see uh oh, it's Bill Krasenstein. This guy sucks. 
Um, Bill Maher saying that Biden will lose. I mean, yeah. Like, that's just Bill Maher. So, by the way, real quick, uh, I just wanted to see why he was trending because I, I, I had a discussion about Bill Maher with a friend recently. And it the, at the end of the day, and I think I even said this last week, where it's just like, yeah, don't I don't give a shit what these people say. Like, leftists mm-hmm. having normal opinions shouldn't be something that the right wing is like, isn't it amazing that this guy's not retarded? Like, no, it's not. It's ridiculous how retarded everyone else who votes like him is. Right. Um, that, that is the, that's kind of the point. It's, it's amazing how... It's like, oh, this... And, and again, you know, Bill Maher... Remember these... Remember everybody, all their track record. Yeah. Like, it's just like that... Uh, what was it? Robert Kennedy Jr.? RFK Jr.? Yeah. RFK Jr. He says a lot of great things that sound really nice, but at the end of the day, he's an insufferable leftist who believes all the same leftist nonsense. They might just be saying the right things right now to trick you. Yeah. Like, Bill Maher is only saying that because it is obvious the, which, the way the wind's blowing. It's not because he seriously has any refutation of leftism or... It's not like he will acknowledge any of the serious missteps that got us in this situation. He'll, he simply will say what he needs to say to stay relevant and popular now. Yeah. And that's the... I think it's, it's important to never forget that fact. Yeah. It's... No, it, it's it's dumb. And, yeah, he's, he's saying Joe Biden will lose. Wow. So, in other words, he's a logical human being who can see... That the United States is awful, is not in a good position, and everything mm-hmm. is terrible. Um, yeah. Yeah, big shock. Like, I could tell you that because I filled up my car with gas recently. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that's exactly it. Um, but, uh, so, in, in addition to a lot of these other things so actually there was a quick headline that i really wanted to um really wanted to touch there was this uh why can't i um there was this washington post headline and it is one of the Mm -hmm. dumbest things and it was so so this is a uh this is a washington post article called uh the librarian who couldn't take it anymore she loved books and in a time of spreading book bans in public schools that's why this Florida librarian had to quit. Oh no, she had to quit. Why? Oh. Why would she have to quit? Did the did the kids not want to read Jimmy gets top surgery? <laughs> it's like, like did did you not read did you not want to read the uh the the seminal new book of uh if if god real why butt sex feel good? Uh, yeah, exactly. An All atheist's guide to being queer. Like, yeah. The six-year-old's guide to sodomy. Like, yeah. I, these, kids, these kids just don't want to read it, and they made fun of it, and they called me names, and I just felt so hurtful that I have to resign now. So I was trying here. to teach the kids the proper way to put on a condom, and they just laughed and sniggered, and that was probably because their parents or the evil, awful, racist Trump supporters teaching them to hate the trannies. Anyway, why was why would it, this poor woman feel so put upon that she had to quit her beloved library job? 
well, man, this is like a long fucking article, which is insane. But let's let's take a little bit of it. It was her last Monday morning in the library when Tania Galanyanis got Galanyanis. Whatever. Oh, so she's um, going to pull the race card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Hispanic. Uh, walked into her uh, office and uh, saw another box. Good, good. She told herself it would be the last one. Inside were books. She didn't know how many or what they or what they were, only that she would need to review each one by hand for age-appropriate material and sexual content as defined by Florida law, just as she'd been doing for months now with the 11,600 books on the shelves outside her door at uh, Dahopikaliga High School. Last oh, box, that's, that's and then after this week, she would word. no longer be a librarian at all. She heard the first period bell ring at 7.15 a.m. She'd wanted to get to the box right away, but now she saw one of the school administrators at her door, asking if she'd heard about the latest education mandate in Florida. What's the name of this thing, he said? Freedom Week? She exhaled loudly. Freedom Week. Uh, oh, good, he said. Freedom. You know about this. Yes, Tania knew about it. It was one more thing the state had asked them a mandatory recit had asked of them a mandatory recitation of parts of the Declaration of Independence, quote, to reaffirm the American ideals of individual liberty, end quote, along with something else she had heard from the district. They asked us to please not celebrate banned books week, Tania said. She was tired. Her husband was always reminding her, Tanya, you have no se no sense of self-preservation. <clears throat> she had she had thought about pushing back against the district, had imagined putting up posters all over the walls from the American Library Association celebrating freedom to read, a final act before her last day on Friday. But even if she did put up the posters, who would be there to see them once she left? The library would be closed after this week until they found someone someone to take her place. Tania had planned to Ball spend horror. the rest of her career in Osceola County School District. She was 51. She could have stayed for years at Tehopi Kaliga, Kaliga, whatever, a school she loved that had only just opened in 2018. The library was clean and new. The shelves were organized. The chairs had wheels and moved soundlessly across the carpet. The floor plan was Ooh. open, designed by architects that had promised the 21st Century Media Center. So she's mad because she has to review books and uh, have kids talk about the Declaration of Independence. Oh, you poor fucking victim. My God, it must be so awful for you. Do you know, do, do you know why the Washington Post is selling this as traumatic? Why? Because they actually see this as psychologically triggering. It is psychologically yeah. triggering for this fucking shit lib to have to read the Declaration of Independence to children. That is psychologically triggering if you're a fucking shit lib. It is psychologically triggering that you have to make sure the books are age appropriate. Which, mm -hmm. by the way, and it isn't hard. Do, do you know the yeah. names of the books that caused the book ban are pretty fucking simple. You don't have to read them to make sure they're age appropriate. You just have to look at the covers. And if it says stuff like gender queer, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. take a, maybe take a peek at that one. It sounds like she's mostly just angry that she had to do work. Dude nailed it. That's why most liberals are angry. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You had to do your fucking job. 
That must have been terrible for you. So hard. Because really what she should be doing as an educator is sitting there making a bunch of money and getting a pension and getting all of her health benefits covered and also only working half the year because she works at a fucking school. Um, she should be able to sit there in case a child needs to be inspired. That's really what I'm paid for. I'm here for the chance of a child to be inspired. Hopefully a black indigenous trans child who's going to come in and seek help from me so I can be a hero and free them from their white adopted evangelical Christian parents. They'll probably make a movie about me. What a hero. Absolute hero. Let us never forget her sacrifice. And the entire plane was stood up and clapped. Then everyone stood up and clapped. Yeah. Also, year 50? I'm going to be honest. You work at a school. It's entirely likely that you started in public education as soon as you got out of your fucking college. You're, she's retiring. She's not yeah. quitting. This isn't her making an ultimate sacrifice. You're taking your fucking retirement. You will be paid a full fucking pension. You just decided to take your retirement and then claim that this is why. You're so full yeah. of shit. Go fuck yourself. Oh, no, I have to make sure that, that books are appropriate. I thought librarians loved reading. I don't understand. <laughs> Good point. And freedom, like, I can't believe they put that in there. I can't believe they put that in the article. Freedom Week. Ugh. I have to read the Constitution. I have to read the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Like, Who's your audience that thinks that that's fucking objectionable? I'm sorry. You're teaching children about their government? Wow. Much terrible. How dare you? <laughs> Such fascism. Oh, I fucking hate these people. Anyway, speaking well, and how, of, mu how much of that is going on in every school district in the country? Good. I hope they all quit. Awesome. Rage quit. Yeah. Like, good job, Ron DeSantis. You're getting shit libs to quit. They literally can't handle um, your demands that they don't indoctrinate children to become fucking communists and a threat against this country and making them hateful of their ancestors, their parents, and literally everything that's good. Uh, great. I'm, I'm glad that this angers liberals so much that they literally can't even show up to work in the morning. Awesome. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's that's great. Huge. Like, is this what winning looks like? Yeah, this is exactly. <laughs> Holy shit, are we winning? <laughs> but yeah, this is apparently what winning's looking like. Uh, but at the same on, on the same token, though, speaking of of diddling kids, we have a couple of other articles about that. You know, since this librarian's mad that she can't indoctrinate children into becoming sexual deviants um, and likely throw them into the arms of child molesters, um, the Biden FBI halted an investigation into a pedophile to focus on January 6th. Wow. So there was a pedophile um, who got arrested in Alaska. And right. so this guy moved to Alaska. And let's see. On October 24th, 2023, after coming across troubling chats from Welsh 
on a phone they seized from a different alleged pervert, Alaska FBI agents went into his house and, quote, located items including sex toys that are very small in size and apparently consistent with the body size of an approximate 10-year-old boy, as well as children's underwear. The investigation has has revealed that a 10-year-old boy was, in fact, residing at the residence belonging to Welsh. In other words, because the FBI called off the dogs, even after Welsh sent child porn to an FBI agent, he appears to have gone on to molest a 10-year-old. Uh, oh my gosh. So, the, And this is the priority of the FBI, that we have to make sure that Joe Biden's political enemies get destroyed and suppressed but we can let this 10 year old continue to get raped by a pedophile yeah sorry i um i didn't read this full article and then i read some of the chats and now i want to um it's gonna look like walking tall um it was an fbi agent it was fbi agents that worked through the alaska case that they realized that the bureau's Washington field office office had a slam had slam dunk evidence that it had never bothered to do anything with, and it added charging documents filed November 6, twenty twenty three. The Alaska arrest of Welsh was made based on the initial child pornography crime in Virginia, not even his apparent crimes in Alaska. The Washington field office wouldn't say how many other ordinary criminal investigations were put on hold because of January 6th, but it did acknowledge that resources were diverted. In the immediate aftermath of the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, WFO resources were surged to support the FBI's response and investigation, the office told the Daily Wire in a statement. However, WFO continued to diligently pursue its ongoing investigations. No, didn't. No, it fucking didn't. You literally had a guy who gave child porn to an FBI agent and then never got arrested. So, well, they just don't have enough resources. Is the problem? Yeah. So, to suppress all these right wing Nazis, which are the are the biggest source of domestic terror, after all. <laughs> and how can you do that and go after the pedophiles? Well, I mean, come on, you cut them a little slack there. What an interesting, what an interesting diversion of resources, isn't it? Amazing that the liberals decided, like, well, let's get all these guys to quit looking into child porn. Um, and child sex crimes and human trafficking, um, and instead let's divert them to going after Trump supporters. It actually kind of feels like like that makes the most sense to me. It makes the most sense that the Democrat Party, the liberals, the national, the, the, or the, the globalists, all of these people would be like, hey, um, this is really a win-win situation. We can get all of these FBI agents to stop investigating our friends and take down our enemies. <laughs> and how perfect of a scenario now if you want to think that i'm you know being hyperbolic there's another story so there was a magazine that there? became relatively popular known as the recount uh specifically um the the recount uh sorry I'm trying to find his name here and i can't remember the dude's fucking name um, but the, the editor of the recount, um, his name is Slade Somer, uh, and he actually is one of the people that's credited with uh, debunking Pizzagate. 
So this guy, oh. Slade Sommer, is okay. credited with debunking Pizzagate, and he's the editor of the uh, liberal magazine, The Recount. Okay. Well, interestingly, um, he is now facing charges for possessing and distributing child porn. Wasn't Pizzagate about the fact that there was this pedophile ring in Washington, D.C. that was peddling child porn and children to abuse? Yeah. And so the guy that, quote, debunked it and got everybody to stop looking at the case turns out to be one of the people that Pizzagate was basically about. Yeah. The former editor-in-chief of left-wing political site The Recount has been charged with possessing, hang on, possessing and distributing child pornography in what Berkshire, Massachusetts prosecutor Marianne Shelby called one of the most egregious cases she had ever seen. Oh. Yeah, so this wasn't like this guy had a couple of, like, pictures of a 16 16 year old and like it's it's not even like a i mean there's no good child porn case right but like this isn't this sounds very much like treasure trove you know terabytes of kitty porn like yeah and this is the guy who did his level best to debunk pizzagate almost as if it was like i don't know personally threatening to him (laughs) Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> Almost as if he maybe had a ulterior motive here. Yeah. Let me um let me pull that up. Former editor of Recount. Um <laughs> Slate Summer. Yeah, let's see. Uh, he was arraigned in the Southern Berkshire District Court Monday on two counts of possessing child pornography and two counts of dimensions of child pornography. I don't know what that means. Dimensions. That's weird. <clears throat> let's see. Uh, the investigation into East Otis resident into an into the East Otis residence was ongoing with more charges anticipated. Prosecutors said citing Mm. the extremely large amount of pornographic material found on devices seized from Somer on October 17th. That was prompted by a tip received from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Investigators uncovered messages on Somer's Telegram, an encrypted app that involved discussions, some in graphic detail, of luring, kidnapping, and raping children, prosecutors said. They noted that investigators believe there are more images of child sexual abuse on messaging apps connected to Somer, including his Telegram and Snapchat. At at his hearing, a judge set Somer's bail amounted $100,000 and ordered he not access the internet, not have contact with any children, and notify probation officers of his location. It wasn't immediately clear if he had an attorney who could speak on the charges. The Recount is a news video aggregation site focused largely on politics. It was acquired last month by the news movement by the news movement, a Gen Z focused media group. Slade Summer is no longer editor in chief of the recount following a company restructure exercise in early October 
to forget yeah, bullshit in early October. So, so uh, he was arrested on October 17th and they just so happened to a week or so before that be like, Oh yeah, we restructured. In other words, you fucking knew that your dude was about to get charged with child porn. So you got rid of him. Amazing. By the way, this is not, this is by far, by far, not the, uh, 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 only incident of someone in media there's like an alarming amount of pedophiles in liberal media because remember there were like producers at cnn that got arrested uh for like child molestation and there was like a couple of them there was like a ring of people at like cnn and uh, disney was another one um there was like a really big dust up at disney because several people working at like disney parks were like pedophiles Oh, really? I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, where where else would you go to target people? And, of course. Which, you know, brings me to another interesting point. So, this is one of the things that's always bothered. Like, I have to, because, because I'm involved in some youth organizations, one of which is the Scouts, I have to do training on, like, basically how to spot, like, molestation, abuse, stuff like that as a requirement. I have to go through these things. Um, some of it's because they're like, oh, well, remember the Boy Scout scandal? Remember the Boy Scout scandal? You know, so I we have to do all of this fucking training because there were people molested in Boy Scouts. And there was a huge scandal. Billions of, do- billions of dollars paid out. Hilariously, I'm also Catholic. It's a, It almost feels like I'm building a file on myself. Like, hey, guys. <laughs> like, all the flags are being thrown. Like, <laughs> I'm involved in Scouts and I'm Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> so you're a Catholic involved in Boy Scouts. Uh, do you diddle kids, like, as a requirement? But anyway, also having been Catholic, you know, you had to hear all about that whole scandal, right? Um, mm-hmm. So one of the biggest things that happens in a lot of this training is, you know, you really have to be on your guard because you become a very viable target for people of ill intent. In other words, like, the kind of people who want to diddle kids will likely try to join youth organizations so they're close to children. Make sense? Mm, they shouldn't do that. Right. Well, where's right. a easy right. place to get hired where you can diddle kids because you have constant and consistent access to children and and an entire hierarchy that doesn't like parent involvement. And tries to keep them kind of out of everything. Would it possibly be the the schools? What? Yeah, teachers. The schools. Yeah, the public school system. If you think the Boy Scout scandal is a big deal, if you think the Catholic Church is a big deal, those pale in comparison to the amount of sexual abuse, sexual assault, and molestation that occurs in public schools. There is merely the biggest difference is there's nobody who aggregates all the numbers. And the the liberal media will hide it. But it is staggering. Fascinating. But they don't, you see, they don't compile the numbers. It's interesting because we have a Department of Education. 
that could be compiling yeah. these types of numbers, but they won't. It's like race statistics from the FBI. They will not compile those numbers because because then <laughs> the hateful right wingers will suddenly become anti gay. Well, we can't let that happen. I mean, we I, love our gays. How much? How much do you want to bet it would somehow be framed like like a giant like anti-LGBTQ effort is happening against public schools? And you're like, wait, what? This wasn't anti-LGBT. We, we oh, were God. just trying to release statistics about children being molested. And they go, yeah, it's anti-gay. Uh, oh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, to to be fair, if if you're a dude and you like penises, regardless of if it's on a little boy or not. That is gay. It was always one of the dumbest things that I've ever, ever, ever heard in in some of these trainings is, you know, the most likely person who molests young men are uh, heterosexual uh, heterosexual males, uh, married men. It was like, they're not heterosexual. Like, no, they are. No, they're not. They're gay. Like, well, no, they're they're actually heterosexual men. Not if they like boy butthole, they're not. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know a single straight guy that's like, occasionally, I like boy butthole. Not a single straight dude I've ever met is like, but boy butthole? Totally okay. That's really bizarre. What? Oh, just that there's even, I guess, debate, as as we would say, about that sort of thing. Well, they they did it because this, this was actually a talking point that was used, um... Sorry, because uh, do do you remember? Actually, uh, there was a South Park episode that explains this. Remember the when Big Gay Al uh, was the Boy Scout leader in South Park, and then people got upset because he was gay and didn't think that he should be the Scout leader, and then they replaced him with like this seemingly like clean cropped, like almost Marine seeming guy that was like really staunch and and very just like um, gruff. But it turns out that he was, like, molesting the kids. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, um, you know, that that was where that kind of talking point came from, was when people were looking at, like, scout organizations, and they were like, I don't know if it's a good idea for us to allow homosexuals to be part of the organization for fear of, you know, kid diddling, right? And everyone's like, oh, my God, actually, 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 it's uh, heterosexual men that diddle kids. And it's like... No, if that guy's touching boy butt, he's as gay as Big Gay now. Yeah. And that shit's gay. Yeah. And pedophilic. It's quite gay, yeah. Because, like, if you're a straight dude but a pedophile, you would go after girls. Curious. I mean, yeah, I hate this shit so much. Anyway, point is, is uh, public schools are actually just diddling grounds for creepers uh, that vote for the Democrats and or liberals. Diddling grounds. (laughs) What I'm trying to say here is uh, they want to molest your children and make them gay. (laughs) Oh, it's so fucked up, man. What did I miss? It is. How awful. (coughs) Uh, Well, we have a bunch of stuff about January 6th. We haven't really discussed, and a lot of it's the kind of ancillary components. So you have, there was recently a gentleman, he's a defendant in a January 6th case. Oh, yes, and yes, yes. 
recently it was found out that both his fiance and his infant child have both been put on essentially the secret ex um Oh, what's the it's term? a watch it's list. It's not the no-fly list, but basically we were put on a terror watch list. Yeah, they were put on some sort his of watch infant, list by the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, Department of Homeland Security put their his infant child and fiance on a terror watch list. Mm-hmm. So that when they fly, they will secretly be flagged for additional screening. Yep. And I can't see that as anything more than attempts to, I guess, just intimidate and coerce people who are opponents of the regime yeah it's it it is a very fascinating situation because so there's a triple s that shows up on a boarding pass which means that you will go through an additional screening um and this just (laughs) so bujahideen on on our chat just let's not pretend we're not all on the same list um Mm -hmm. no but that's that's exactly it is this is based on absolutely nothing and remember it's his fiance, not his wife. So there's actually, think about the level of effort that had to occur for these people to be put on that list. That means that it's connected likely by address. So because yeah. this woman lives with a guy who is being charged in January 6th, which as we all know, um, was fucking a fed surrection. Um, because of that, they're in reality, they're being treated as a security as a security uh, 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 threat. And the thing is, they're not. They're not a security threat. But of the course reason not. things like this are done is to essentially intimidate your political opponents, make their lives a living hell through a bunch of bureaucracy in a way that's kind of deniable. Like, yeah, oh, it's, it's just this... for safety, you know, Ooh, whoopsies. But now remember, really, the goal is like, if you cross us, we will go after your family. We will make their life a living hell. We'll go after the people, anyone you talk to. If anyone tries to give you money to help your defense, they'll suddenly find themselves on enhanced terror watch lists as well. well it's in- all because we decided that uh, white supremacy is the greatest terror threat that the United States has ever had to deal with in its entire existence. <laughs> right. And, and but to make it worse is you have people like Nikki Haley who wants the government to know who everyone is on the Internet. You don't think that that's going to suddenly get turned around into you get put on an enhanced flying list because you posted, you know, you posted an anti smemmy on the Internet. So you, you maybe questioned Israel a little too much. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly why it's bananas that she's that retarded to think that that's even a good policy position after how much conservatives have absolutely been targeted by the regime. The only, the only assumption I can make is that she's part of the fucking regime. Yeah. And at the same time, by the way, we're also in a situation where plenty of right-wingers who used to care about your civil liberties and were concerned about the left wing targeting conservatives are probably going to go along with shit like this under the guise of national security and protecting the poor Jews against anti-Semitisms. I'm dead serious. 
This entire oh, Israel I'm, nonsense yeah. is being turned into GWAT 2, and there's going to be a bunch of idiots on the right that are going to go along with losing your civil liberties and giving Joe fucking Biden more power over the American people because someone might say a mean thing about the Israelis. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's absolutely bonkers to me that this is like being debated and right now. Yeah. It's like, but I thought we saw the last however many years and knew that this was a bad idea. What's, what's going to come next? Patriot Act 2, Electric Boogaloo? Oh, yeah. Dude, I promise you that people like Ben Shapiro are 100% going to push for an enhancement to the fucking Patriot Act because, well, these Palestinians could just fly in and detonate themselves, and isn't that scary? It's like, we could have Hamas, Hamas paragliders are just going to fly into every major city. They're going to fly right into my synagogue and just rape and murder everyone. They're going to cut off the heads of every single baby in the place. All the babies. I mean, it's legal to get abortions in Israel, so it's not like they care uh, about yeah, murdering I, babies. That is one but. thing. It's like everybody who's all up in arms and, oh, these babies were murdered by Hamas, but then simultaneously supports abortion rights. It's like, I kind of don't trust you. Well, the right I can't the, believe that you're uh, real. It's it's completely legitimate when there's a lot of people on the right who are obviously very pro life. Like, like the, yes. Like. Obviously, Hamas did terrorist shit. Like, we all fucking agree on that. I'm the person who was called a racist for saying these people don't belong here at all. So it's not my fucking fault that right. this shit, that, right. that all of a sudden Jewish children are afraid to go to school in the West. Yeah, we fucking, you fucking funded all these refugees with your open society shit. You called me an anti-Semite for pointing at George fucking Soros and saying he's a bad man. You called me a fucking yeah. anti-Semite. You called me a Nazi. You're going to call me a Nazi in 2024. Fuck you. I don't care that your kids are scared. My kids are scared because of shit you fucking funded. Fuck you. Yeah, it's like liberals in the United States built this scenario and they have to deal with it. I absolutely fucking hate it. Sorry. Well, and, and this is going to have to be the last part of it because we're already like almost at the end here. But speaking of groups like that, <coughs> just so you know how coordinated this is and how none of these people are on your side. Um, so a lot of people probably saw that on places like TikTok and Instagram, there are a lot of pro-Palestinian leftists that are going, hey, has anyone actually read Osama bin Laden's like letter to America? It's starting to make a lot of sense. It was actually our fault that we got attacked because of our support for Israel and because of um, colonialism. Like it hits, it checks all the boxes for things the left hates, right? White people, quote, colonialism, um, uh, 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 capitalism, all of these things. And so they were like, I never thought in my life that I would agree with Osama bin Laden, right? It's a big thing that right-wingers are like, oh my glorb, can anyone else see this? So that's kind of a I mean, big deal. Huh. I mean, it, to me, it seems like, why were we all discussing Islam if the reasons that Osama bin Laden posited for this are 
support of Israel. That should have been on the block to dis- that we should have been discussing that at the same time we were discussing is Islam really a religion of peace? Well, is support of Israel actually cr- making us the target of terrorist attacks when for no reason? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's big. like I, th- I think it's very valuable to listen to what like, when people like Osama bin Laden say this is why we're deciding to attack you. Well, wh- why is that? Because maybe for almost no real cost, you could just defang Islamic terror from attacking your country. Like if we were like, well, what do we lose from if the United States withdrew all of its support for Israel, Israel would be totally fine. It's a it's a modern. It, I'm told that Israel is a modern, first world, productive country that doesn't need no man. Like, does it, Israel doesn't shouldn't need U.S. support to exist? And so, if we can say withdraw our overt support for Israel, and then not be the target of a bunch of Islamic extremist attacks, well, that seems like a benefit. That seems at least worth talking, worth discussing. Well, and they don't want to have that discussion, right? Because, right, you know, like no, nobody, like, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free, Alan? Like, don't be stupid. Um, yeah, but well, that's the frust- That's the frustrating part. <laughs> that would be spending a lot of shekels. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> but the the reality is, so so that happened, okay, and and so a lot mm-hmm. of people are like sharing a Bin Laden Bin Laden letter, which. Like, I mean, I, it's been publicly available this whole time and maybe, maybe see, regardless of the discussing, like, oh, maybe we should have been discussing whether we should support Israel and having an honest, like, that's all true. Um, this has been publicly available the entire time and it wouldn't be so shocking if you didn't just lie to people because the lie that was sold to everybody was they hate us for our freedoms. And like, okay, um, that was dumb and gay and stupid. Like, you can 100% say that there is nothing, like, especially when it comes to things like Al-Qaeda and the Haqqani and ISIS and all these other groups, you can say, like, look, these people are fundamentally not, um, com- they're, they're not uh, uh, compatible with Western values. You can 100% make that fucking case, but make the case based on shit. They actually say not, they hate us for our freedoms. Like Putin's not attacking Ukraine because he's afraid of NATO expansion, which is the real discussion we should have. He's attacking Ukraine because it's a democracy and he is a fascist. This stuff is so tried and gay. And what ends up happening is the next generation of people find the actual information and go, oh, you were fucking lying to me the whole time. And now if you're really worried about people, about whether or not the like next generation of people support Israel, you actually fucked yourself because you lied about that. And instead of having that discussion and explaining why we should support Israel in the Middle East and why that might be like a good you know beachhead for democracy and, and reform within the Middle East, all of these other discussions that you could be having, or at least cases you could be making, you made up bullshit narratives like they hate us for our freedoms, and now no one's going to trust you. And they shouldn't right. because exactly. you lied. But the point yeah. I was going to make with this is, there's all these people that are shocked about this uh, Osama bin Laden letter being shared on all these different uh, um, di- different apps. But there was an advertiser boycott this week against Twitter or X and against Elon Musk 
because Elon Musk agreed with a tweet. So, and this is going to actually result in what I think is going to be one of the most foundational and interesting lawsuits of our time because it's going to become extremely revelatory. And I don't think you understand, like, this is a big enough threat, by the way, and I'm going to actually, if I need to, I'll extend the program a little bit. This is a big enough threat that it is entirely possible that, like, Elon gets epstein Because this is actually a pretty viable uh, threat against the left and how they operate. I'm trying to find the uh, initial tweet itself. Here it is. Um, so this is this is the initial tweet that was said. Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim they want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that support flooding their country uh, don't exactly like them too much. You want truth? You want truth said to your face? There it is. To which, uh, to which Elon Musk responded, "You have said the actual truth." Mm-hmm. Which and is he, true. He followed up with, "The ADL unjustly attacks the majority of the West, despite the majority of the West supporting the Jewish people and Israel. This is because they cannot, by their own tenets, criticize the minority groups who are the primary threat. It's not right and needs to stop." Well, mm-hmm. Media Matters started a massive uh, a massive advertiser boycott against Elon Musk and Twitter for saying that. Understand, they're not starting a massive advertiser boycott against TikTok, who is sharing the Osama bin Laden did, did nothing wrong videos. They're not doing that against Facebook or Meta. They're not doing that against Instagram. They're not doing that against TikTok. But they're going to go after Elon Musk for saying, yeah, that's true, though. And it is. It is 100% true. So media matters, which, of course, Elon Musk has consistently been a target of the left. Because of that, so they did an advertiser boycott. They got all of these. They were on the phones getting all these advertisers to drop advertising from Twitter in hopes that it would crash, you know, uh, crash its value, cause all this upheaval. What the fuck ever, right? They want to destroy Elon Musk because how dare he? Right. Oh, what a horrible, horrible man to agree with something that is verifiably true. Yeah. Well, Elon Musk is on Monday. He has promised the minute that a court opens, he is going to be filing a massive lawsuit against um, Media Matters, their board of directors, and their donors, which, by the way, means that all of those things need to be revealed. Right. And I promise you it is not going to go well. Media Matters has been a powerful organization for a very long time. It was actually one of the main targets of uh, Andrew Breitbart back in the day when really the mm-hmm. right wing started getting some fight into it. And we had somebody like Andrew Breitbart out there kind of guiding everyone. Media Matters was one of the top targets of things that he was saying was destroying this country. And they were extremely powerful and they still are in a lot of ways because understand media matters used to have people in fucking newsrooms there's a great clip of andrew Breitbart on a news channel 
on a news show on, I think, CNN or something. And he's sitting there and says something. He's like, yeah, I can see the Media Matters guy. And then gives his name, sitting right over there, whispering to the director, telling him to tell you what to say to me. Yeah. And it was very, he was very good at unmasking that because Media Matters is, was the mechanism through which the narrative presented on the mainstream news was coordinated amongst the different news outlets. Right. It's how the DNC pushed out their propaganda to all the news outlets. Now, um, so that was, that's, that's number one. That's how the propaganda gets pushed. And then the way that they stop the opposition is through a group known as NewsGuard. That's the new. And do they guard the news? Yeah, the misinformation and disinformation group, NewsGuard, ha- is a hundred percent being funded by dark money groups that support liberalism. So they are shutting down. Good. In fact, I thought I thought that there was something about like um, there was a recent investigation. I don't have it in front of me, but I think that there was a ton of funding that went into NewsGuard that was involved from pharmaceutical companies. And shocking to everyone. One of the biggest things that NewsGuard was flagging for, by the way, social media companies and the government, they were telling both social media companies and the government, these are disinformation posts, all happen to be anti-vax while they were receiving money from fucking pharmaceutical companies. (laughs) Certainly no conflict of interest there. All right, but that's going to have to be it. Hopefully you guys all enjoyed this program. Remember, go over to subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio for $2.99 a month. You can help sponsor this program and keep the lights on and all of that great stuff and join our Discord server where we have the most intelligent people on the internet talking every single day. Otherwise, we will see you guys next Sunday. I believe, and hopefully everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving next week. It's going to be awesome, Um, but we look forward to hearing from you guys. Let us know what you're interested in. Be able to hit us up. You can hit us up on all sorts of social media. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. See you all next week.